This episode of Bookmarked is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. That's audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. You are listening to Bookmarked, the young adult book podcast brought to you by Bookstacked.com. This is episode 31, and episode 31 is all about the spin-offs to the books we love. We're talking about sequel series and all that good stuff, or what's actually often really bad stuff. We've got all that coming up in just a few minutes, so stay with us. Well, welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us today for episode 31. Today we are talking spinoffs. Are they a good idea or are they a bad idea? Like when do they work? When do they not work? And well, there's a lot that can be said about those. <laughs> um, and we are going to talk about those at length. But first, let's introduce everybody who's here on today's panel. My name is Saul and we also have Mary. Hi. Michael. Hi. And Brittany. Hello. How's everyone doing? Good. 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 I'm in pain, as I was just talking about before we started, but <laughs> I'll make it. I'll make it through. You're back, right, man? Yeah. That's, yeah. This sounds awful. Good thing you don't have to use your back for podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> Should make this my full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Also. You can read, you know, if you can't move. If it gets worse and worse and you just have to, like, sit and do nothing at all, you can just sit there and read. That's something yeah. you can do. <laughs> Except I'm currently reading The, the Pride of the Orange Tree, which is, like, a really big, heavy book. So it is difficult to hold it. <laughs> you know, that actually reminds me. I remember when the Harry Potter books were coming out and, like, Goblet of Fire on, you know, how big they were. I remember reading like articles way back in the day of people like, is Harry Potter healthy for kids? And like reading stuff about how like kids had to like bend down over the books because <laughs> they're so heavy. And it was just like talking about the, the, uh, the health risks of reading Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, I think that's kind of a good segue into our usual segment. What are you reading? So we know Michael's reading Orange of Priory of Orange Tree. I always get that wrong. Yeah. And I have it also. That's yeah. Anyway, how is that book so far? It's really. I'm only 120 pages in, but it is. It's really good. It's really epic. Kind of like laying all the groundworks for, for like where it's going to go. And it's a standalone as well. So it's kind of like, you know, that you're going to get everything in just this one book. So it's kind of exciting just going into it. I remember getting that book last year at Book Expo when they were handing out the the arcs and stuff and seriously that added to like 50 percent of the weight that i was carrying around just that book alone it's so huge anyway yeah. that's pretty cool and i mean it's from samantha shannon and she's known for the bone season yeah, yeah. and did she finish the bone season or is uh, no it's still it's going to be seven books i think in the first okay. three route so this is like a, a nice event. yeah <laughs> That's exciting. What about you, Mary? What have you been reading? Um, I am almost finished with Obsidio, the third book in the Illuminate Files. And then I'm also in the middle of My Life Next Door by Huntley Fitzpatrick. 
Um, so I was reading the Queen of Air and Darkness from the Shadowhunter series stuff, but I had to take a break. Oh no! <laughs> it is so big. It's like almost 900 pages, oh. and I love the story. I really do. But I'm just like, I need to put this down. <laughs> and it's just that, so much. And that is why I have not started Lord of. Dark Shadow? What is Lord it? of Shadows. Yeah, that's why I haven't started it, because it's so huge. Yes, and it's even, like, the Queen of Air and Shadows is even bigger than that one. And I'm like, okay, lady, how much bigger do these need to get? <laughs> oh, but man. Lord of Shadows is actually really good. Yeah, big books can be, like, a blessing and a curse at the same time, you know? It's just, if they're great, then it's amazing, right? Because you just want more, but at the yeah. same time, the the uh, the commitment you have to make, you know, it's just kind of nuts. That's yeah, that's one of the reasons why I haven't read Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archive yet. Everybody <laughs> is so obsessed with like the Way of Kings and stuff like that, and I have them, but I just can't bring myself to read it yet because I know it's going to take like an entire year for me to get through just those three books because they're so huge. Well, I am actually purposely this month trying to read shorter books. <laughs> um it's kind of funny that you guys all brought that up like these long books up I'm, I'm trying to read shorter books right now um i'm reading a wizard of earthsea by ursula k Le Guin. she's like you know classic oh, fantasy yeah. i've yeah. never read anything from her before so i just thought like this would be a good time i think it was on sale on audible so i picked that up um so far so good i'm in the beginning it's i her yeah her writing is just there's something legit like magical about it you know kind of got that old-time fairy tale feeling and then after that i'm going to be reading the fork the witch and the worm by christopher paolini which is the uh sequel short story collection to aragon so yeah i read that oh you did came out. yeah yeah did you like it oh, yeah yeah i spoke about it before like aragon was like the my harry potter kind of book like that's the right. one that so it's just after what, seven eight years of waiting for more content and it was just so nice to kind of dive back into that kind of world yeah, yeah aragon was huge for me too when i was younger so i'm excited to kind of like jump back into that and kind of see where the characters are now because yeah. i was a little disappointed with the ending of the series like it, it just felt like there was more that could be done but i felt like he purposely left it open yeah. so he could come back to it so well, awesome. Um, and then before we jump straight into the conversation, I just wanted to say too, like, welcome to all of our new subscribers. We mentioned last in the last episode that we suspected we had a lot of new listeners. Um, but after putting out the last episode, it became very obvious that we did in fact that we do in fact have a ton of new listeners. So thank you so much for for downloading our show and listening, and it really means a lot. Yeah, I think we said it before it's just good to know we're, that we're not speaking into the void. So, uh, and I will say too, like if you like the show, one of the best things you could do is leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts because you actually make it way easier for other people to find the show, and also it makes it easier for us to get sponsors for this show, which definitely will allow us to keep making episodes and will even contribute to the website that we run as well. So yeah, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review at Apple Podcasts. It would be awesome. One of the things we wanted to do at the start of this conversation was kind of define and talk about what a spinoff is. At least, well, we 
we kind of figured there could be a lot of different definitions for it as we were discussing it before we started recording. The, the kind of the way we're going to approach it today is sort of basically any companion story to an already established series or story that exists. Um, and that kind of includes to like a sequel or prequel series to a completed series. So that's a very broad and general definition. But, you know, we we figured we'd probably touch on things like Harry Potter or Percy Jackson or maybe even Shadowhunters. <laughs> that's <laughs> a massive world that just keeps it might. I mean, honestly, it might be like the biggest world in YA. Like, yeah, just yeah, universe. I, yeah. I think it is. <laughs> So there's, yeah, that's kind of our definition of it. It's very broad uh, because we just kind of want to be able to talk about all of these things, you know? And I think, too, it's very relevant because these days everything seems to have a spinoff, even, like, outside of the book world. Like, TV shows have spinoffs. Movies have spinoffs. It's just huge right now. And so, yeah, just seemed like a good thing to talk about. So I guess first question is, just, like, in general, are you, like, a fan of spinoffs? You know, when you see that a spinoff to a series that you like has been announced. What is your first reaction? Brittany's shaking her head. (laughs) (laughs) I am a firm believer that when the story is over, it's over. (laughs) And I'm, I don't know. I don't really like ones that are like taken outside of the story where like they take one character like a super minor character from the main series and then decide to run on their story. Like, I don't know. I'm just not the biggest fan. I have some that I like, but even with movies, I'm not a huge fan of those spinoffs. Yeah, I get that. But at the same time, I kind of feel like overall, like if like a writer gets more time to like play, like in a playground that they've built. So like talking about Cassandra Clare, like she's crafted this massive, massive world. And then, Like, you could kind of consider, like, the Infernal Devices to have been, like, a spin-off originally. Yeah. And, like, readers wanted to read more about that world, and she obviously wanted to write more about it. So it kind of just gave them everyone, like, everyone got what they wanted in the end. Yeah. And that is one of the spin-offs that I actually really do like. But it's rare that I find one that I actually am able to, like, dive into all over again. I feel torn. I when I hear that there's going to be a spin-off of a book I like, I'm usually very nervous, kind of hopeful, but but very nervous, very cautious, if that makes sense. What what are some spin-offs that have worked for you guys? What and what did you like about them? I think Brittany, you you talked about Cassandra Clare and Shadow Hunters. What do those spin-offs do that others don't do as well? Yeah. Um so With hers, I feel like they are somewhat, like, necessary for the entire world. Like, they're still, um, because, you know, with Harry Potter, you have that, like, finite ending with the 19 years later and where they're at now. So that's kind of like, oh, you're at peace, the whole world's at peace, one and done, you're good to go. Whereas with the original series was The Mortal Instruments and... You know, the ending to that was sort of this huge war, and that's great and good and everything. But there's always, it was just more like almost realistic. Whereas, like in the real world, you know, say you take the ending of like World War One or World War Two or whatever, that's not like a finite ending. There's always going to be somebody who wants to create that tension. 
And so in the whole Shadowhunter universe, there's always going to be a leader who takes that power and overuses it and abuses it. And I think she consistently explores that idea and in different ways, which I've really liked. And I thought she was going to be done. And then she announced she was going to create yet another Shadowhunters universe series after this one. And <laughs> like, okay, you're going too fast. <laughs> uh, she's doing the one before, like, in between Infernal Devices, Mortal Instruments. I think there's another series after Dark Artifices, and then she's doing a Magnus Bane trilogy, which is kind of weird to me because she already has the Bane Chronicles. So, like, yeah. do we really and need a Magnus ones... Bane trilogy? Yeah, that and those happens. I just I just didn't care enough. I love Magnus Bane, but I love him as he is in these main stories. I don't <laughs> need more. <laughs> I needed more of that and Simon Lewis, so I read those, but I was. <laughs> Well, see, no, that's I don't I don't need shadow market. <laughs> no, that's interesting though because you're you're you say you really like these spinoffs, the the Shadowhunter Chronicles, but it kind of also sounds like there can be a point where it's just too much, mm-hmm. right? And you just kind of feel burnt out, which we talked a lot about in the last episode. But yeah, I guess that's a danger if an author just kind of keeps adding and keeps going. I know someone who's done that, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, but I do I do really like the point that you made earlier because yeah, if you take Harry Potter, it's very centralized on Harry and Voldemort. And once that conflict is done, it's over, right? I guess if you take an author like Cassandra Clare, she's speaking to more universal conflicts i suppose is kind of what you're saying and so that leaves it open so maybe a lot of it has to do with the original series itself and how much room it leaves how how many doors it leaves open for more stories to be told yeah i think that's definitely a good point it could have ended i totally would have been fine as a reader if it would have ended at the mortal instruments you know you have your prequel and you have your main series and i would have been fine with that because those series when you have kind of sort of an open ending and it's not something really finite then that leaves you to your own imagination too and i would have been satisfied so moving on which spin-offs haven't worked for you and why did you just like them and I, it sounds like michael already has something <laughs> <laughs> ready to go <laughs> yeah now well, I obviously touched on it last week my slight uh, rant about Fantastic Beasts but that's <laughs> that's obviously a spin-off that yeah just random minor characters from the series that they're like making big stories about and it's like I don't see the point like we, we don't need to know how Nagini became Voldemort's snake like <laughs> And it's just the kind of like that, and like everything that J.K. Rowling keeps adding in. Like, almost at this point, feel like yeah. Pottermore, the website, is a spin-off because mm-hmm. it's just all these random stories. Like, she put on a story about Rita Skeeter back at the yeah. start, and it's like that's just too too much. Then that we don't need to know. It doesn't add anything to the story. It doesn't make anything any better. I, I do have to say, I I like Pottermore. Like, I like learning about some of those things like the histories of the different characters and stuff. I especially love the story of Ilvermorny. I think that's my favorite thing I've seen her put up there, just like the founding of that school. But I agree that 
she i think harry potter is a great example or the wizarding world because you have those initial seven books and they're so good at least i think pretty almost universally everybody absolutely adores those books right and they're fantastic but when you start adding to that you really risk kind of cheapening that world a little bit and to your point about like nagini for example I've been listening to a podcast called Binge Mode. I don't know if you guys have heard of it or listened to it. Yes, Brittany has. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've just, like, the last two weeks I found them, and they're really huge, and they go through, like, Game of Thrones and Harry Potter. I've only listened to the Harry Potter stuff so far, and I'm, I've been binging through that that show, and they kind of, like, go through every little... They review, like, every chapter and, like, add commentary and stuff, and listening to it this last week, this was recorded pre-crimes of grindelwald like listening to them talk about like the connection between voldemort and his snake like beforehand i always thought that was very mysterious and like oh okay this is interesting but now when i hear the conversation like that i just think like ew that's really gross like (laughs) (laughs) like you know and it, it kind of takes away like the mystery and the 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 strange fog that was around that relationship between Voldemort and Nagini. Like I didn't need it answered, you know, it was just kind of good enough to let my mind wonder how did that come about? But now that I know that she used to be like a person, it's creepy now. Not like in a good way, creepy, like in a, in a bad way. (laughs) I think too, when you open yourself up to going back into the world after so much time has passed, then you open yourself up for so many errors. Like when Crimes of Grindelwald came out, I don't know if this is, this can't be a spoiler, right? I'm assuming everybody who is going to listen to this has seen the movie in general. The next 60 (laughs) seconds or so. Yes, it won't take long. (laughs) But the whole thing about McGonagall and how old she is and why she's even there and she shouldn't even be born yet yada 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 like jk rowling spent so much time detailing out those seven books that when you jump in and create a movie and like a movie script like you've opened yourself up to a whole lot of errors and of course she created it and you know she's human i can't imagine her remembering every single detail that she put into those books so long ago and I think that's what drives me nuts I love her so much but it's getting so hard yeah and I don't want this to turn into like a hate crimes of Grindelwald fest because we got (laughs) got don't get me wrong I loved the movie I loved it it, absolutely so it's not anything about that it's just you know in regards to when you're talking about spin-offs and you want to I think a lot of it was unnecessary. A lot of the little details that in the end were extremely criticized were kind of unnecessary. They didn't need to be in there. Definitely. No. And like I said, I think Wizarding World is a great example of this. And in my mind, like there, like I said, there are some things that are fantastic. Like they work really well. Like I love, again, the founding of Ilvermorny. That's such a neat story and it feels very Harry Potter. But then you have other things like Crimes of Grindelwald that just didn't quite meet expectations i guess and in my mind there's still three more movies so like it has time to redeem itself and i hope it does it sounds like they're taking time to to rewrite it and really look at where they're going with this series which i appreciate but yeah it's just i think that's just a danger of of poorly done spinoffs and 
And yeah, Harry Potter is a great example of that. Of course, the original seven books are still fantastic. Like, I just mm-hmm. finished rereading them, and gosh, it's the same magic that you felt when you were a little kid. It's just incredible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely. I guess my last question is like, what's the appeal for writers? Like, why, why are so many people doing this? You know, and there are a few others we haven't mentioned. Like, is it Grisha or Grisha? I don't know. Grishaverse. I thought Grishaverse. it was Grisha. Grishaverse? Okay. I don't know. I've never read the books. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Bardugo, she started with like Shadow and Bone, I think was the name of the first book. I didn't read that series, but I did read Six of Crows and mm-hmm. Crooked Kingdom. And now she's got King of Scars that just came out. From what I can tell, that's like an instance where it's doing really well. People seem to be responding really well to like Six of Crows. And I thought Six of Crows was great. Um, I haven't read King of Scars yet, but I saw generally good reviews for that book too so uh, there are just like a ton of authors who are who are doing this right now what what is the appeal why do so many writers want to kind of go back to these worlds i think it's kind of like what i was saying earlier about writers like build this playground like this massive kind of world i'm sure a lot of them think well they've told the story that they originally wanted to tell but there's like so much more that they know mm-hmm. that like it would almost be a waste just to like not have anything, any of that shown off. Like, all writers say, like, for every page of world building that you see in the book, they've mm. got a hundred pages in their mind. So, like, they just, if they just, if they want to, I don't see the problem with, like, if they want to show off something else or, like, with Overmorny, if they've got this whole other story that they could tell. Like, and I'm sure, like, it's a business at the end of the day, so I'm sure money's involved with yeah. the publishers, but. We'll, we'll not think about that. That's, that, that puts a bit of downer on it. I think also it's just a way for writers to continue to connect with their fans. Like, if they're constantly seeing their fans wanting more, then I think that if they can do it well, because I'm sure, I mean, you look at even J.K. Rowling, and I'm assuming the author of the, what you call it, the Grishaverse, is that how you say it? Grisha, I think, yeah. Um, and so obviously if like fans are really receptive to that, then, you know, why not, why not continue it and go as far as you can until it's no longer receptive. And I'm assuming that when the writers sit down and start actually writing their main story, they already have these background stories and they use that for their own personal use to, you know, put those different characteristics within those minor characters and so if the fans want it, then I'd be like, keep going for it and as long as you can until it gets to the point where it's like, mm, you can stop now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until it gets to the point where you're tweeting about how students done the toilet. On the <laughs> yeah, that's, when you, that's when you reach the limit. That's when you can stop. <laughs> that's when you're like, okay, let's... No, no more. Oh, man. <laughs> I guess my big takeaway would be like, spinoffs are okay like they they can do really well but if if you're a writer and you're thinking of doing them just be really careful and i'm sure like they probably already are but maybe you need to exercise even more caution than you would have approaching your the first series you know just because there's so much on the line really and i know that kind of sucks saying that because i can only imagine the pressure that they already feel but like that's the reality of the situation you know you're gonna have readers who are really scrutinizing everything you put out there and so you just kind of have to be 
be careful, I guess, moving forward with that, especially when it's a, a beloved series that everybody reads. Yeah, I think I think writing a main series is hard enough that like a spin-off series, even if it's from like a beloved character's perspective, it's just everybody's already hesitant about spin-offs because we've had so many from TV shows and other books that now it's just like do I re- do I really want to read this, go back to this series, like what what should I do now? Yeah. Good points. All right. Well, we've got some big news items we want to touch on. Uh, we've got some Harry Potter news, of course. Lord of the Rings. Again, more Shadow Hunters. Uh, we will get to all of those big news items, but first, we're going to pause for a quick break. Looking for something to listen to after this podcast is over? We always suggest reading a book. And what better way to consume books than with Audible? In the subway or in the car, when you're mowing the lawn or doing dishes, it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. You can always catch up on your TBR list with an audiobook. And for listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash bookstack. Audible selections includes books like Victoria Aveyard's Red Queen series and Tomi Ediemi's Children of Blood and Bone. Again, go to audibletrial.com slash bookstack for your free audiobook. And don't forget that even if you quit the trial, you get to keep the book. Awesome. So, yeah, big news items. These are some of the things we were talking about, I guess, over the last couple of weeks. Let's start with Harry Potter because, I mean, our Harry Potter episodes always do. They're always, like, some of the most popular and that one about the Divergent box. Um, But... (laughs) Don't get us started on this. <laughs> our, Harry Potter, our Harry Potter coverage always does really well. So let's start off with Harry Potter. There is a Harry Potter augmented reality video game from Niantic. And in case people don't know who Niantic is, that's the same company that created Pokemon Go. And they finally released some details about this new Harry Potter game. Did you guys check out their website and some of the videos and stuff? No. Well, that's <laughs> That just shows you how little hype there is for this game. Because <laughs> my question was, will any of us play this game? But if y'all didn't even look at it. <laughs> well, no. Here's the thing. I I tried that uh, Harry Potter explore the you're the student like um, oh, yeah. that, game. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, mystery. Yeah. And I didn't really enjoy it. So I I don't know if I'd go to this one. Even though I love Pokemon Go, I don't necessarily know if I need another Harry Potter app. My observation of this is it's like Pokemon Go, but they changed the graphics and the names, and it's Harry Potter. So basically, I, I believe you can be like an Auror and maybe a few different other professions, but there's been like a portal that's opened and all of these magical creatures and items are like loose in the muggle world. So you have to like go to them and kind of like collect them and stuff like that. And then I think so that's kind like, of like... It's like original Pottermore mixed with Pokemon Go. you <laughs> 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 like, great. <laughs> it's like instead of going and looking for Pikachu, you're going and looking for like chocolate frogs and Dementors. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably still check it out. That sounds fun enough. I played yeah, Pokemon Go like for about five minutes. So. Five minutes, right? <laughs> check it out. I do wonder: is there going to be like a huge surge of people 
playing it, you know, for that first month or so. Because when Pokemon Go came out, that was massive. Yeah. You saw somebody on the streets with their phone, you knew they were looking for Jigglypuff. Like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like I said, though, I, it feels a lot like it's just they took Pokemon Go and just changed the graphics and names and stuff. And so... Um, I'm a little worried about that, but it'll be interesting to see if a lot of people pick this one up, if there is like that month long hype around it, like there was with Pokemon Go. I feel like there will be, because I remember when Pokemon Go first came out, people were just like, if a Harry Potter one comes out, you're never going to see me again. (laughs) So like, I felt that way when Pokemon Go first came out, so I may try it, but like, We'll have to see how that goes. Next bit of Harry Potter news. We got our first glimpse at the Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire Illustrated Edition. Y'all definitely seem excited about this one. <laughs> oh my god, I have, I'm looking at all three of my books right now. The Illustrated Editions. <laughs> oh, they're just so beautiful. <laughs> I think, Michael, you wrote up the story on this one, right? What, yeah, yeah. What Do you remember any of the details? What can you tell us about this this new well, I think it's. I think it said there's going to be over like 151 illustrations. I think throughout the, throughout it. I've only I've only got the first one, and I've never actually like read it. I'm just going to flick through it. So I don't know if that's a lot. And I was flicking through when I was looking at the the press release and stuff. I was looking at the the preview illustrations, and it does look really good. I'll maybe go to the, go to a shop and flick through it. Have they have that. They have that illustration of the campsite for the Quidditch mm-hmm. World Cup. And the colors are just gorgeous. They just pop. It'll be really interesting to see them like on fire, you know, too, because we know what happens um, at night during the yeah. during the well. I, I love the one in Dumbledore as well with the goblet of fire because we're like we're so used to it being like blue in the movie, and it was like red in the picture. So yeah, yeah. I think like speaking of spinoffs a little bit. And I know this doesn't really count because the story doesn't change, but the amount of different covers that they do for the Harry Potter books, like, I think that's something they've actually done pretty well. I like all of the different covers that they try to do, and especially with the illustrated versions. Like, that's something I'm not complaining about (laughs) when they come out with the illustrated versions, even though I already have two full box sets of the two different types of covers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to work up to the other box covers, (laughs) but... That's the one that I'm like, oh, yes, I am here for this. All right, moving on. We got a few other news items we got to touch on. Obviously, we're so excited about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. I mean, also, too, okay, I guess not moving on. Just one last note. (laughs) It's been two years, you know. They didn't release one last year, so it just feels way overdue. Very hyped for this. Anyway, speaking of spinoffs, Lord of the Rings TV show from Amazon. We got some information on that. Mary wrote up the article. It looks like we're going to be seeing the rise of Sauron potentially in this new TV series. Yeah. Like, it's part of the. Yeah, it takes over the span of like 2,000 years, this second age. And so, um, which is going to be really interesting to see like how they do it. Unfortunately, it's on Amazon Prime. (laughs) <laughs> which you have to pay for but it should make hopefully all the lord of the rings fans happy i've really actually liked a lot of what amazon's put out so far like uh, have you guys seen the marvelous mrs Maisel? that show if no. you like gilmore girls that's one to watch i just no. thrown it out gilmore. there i'm sold 
<laughs> it's amazing. Anyway, that's probably my favorite TV show from last year. But I think Amazon's been doing good work, so I'm optimistic. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully it is good. So, um, speaking of TV, Shadowhunters is back for its final season. I don't think any of us are watching, but we thought we'd throw it out there. I do have to say I'm really impressed with the fan base because they are still trying to save this show. Like, they are dedicated. Yeah. That's impressive to me. Aren't they trying to get Netflix to take it over? Or did Uh, I just read that? Netflix has it in the UK. Like, it's on Netflix over here. That's the only way we can watch it. So it seems like they could easily... If, if Netflix wanted that, it seems like it'd be pretty easy for them to get The it. reason it's actually being cancelled is because of Netflix. I think the show is being funded by both Freeform and Netflix. Mm. And Netflix decided they didn't want to pay anymore to fund the show. So it was going to have to be Freeform alone to fund it or find somebody else to, to pitch in. Um, and they didn't find anyone else and they're not going to fund it on their own. So yeah, it's ne- Netflix is the one who killed the show. <laughs> Which I'm okay with. I don't really, think, I don't really care. <laughs> no, no. But a I, lot of people like it. It's it's still really big, and so yeah. we'll be kind of keeping an eye on that. Obviously, it's I, again. I think we've mentioned this before. One of our earliest episodes was Shadow Hunt, like a look at the Shadow Hunters yeah. TV series. So I feel kind of like this little small loyalty to it. Like we have to, we have to like keep yeah. include updates on this show about it, even though none of us are watching it because. Yeah. So many people are watching it, so. Which is so unfortunate, because I feel like so many TV shows that are based on books would do so much better if they actually followed the books. But don't know why people don't ever do that, because, you know, you'd actually do a lot better, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. We could do a whole episode on that. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. <laughs> um, I will yeah. take up the entire conversation, so make sure I'm not invited. <laughs> Well, last two quick news items. We got a teaser trailer for His Dark Materials. I don't remember if anybody else read those books, but I did love them. This is the Golden Compass, those books and stuff. And oh, okay. it, This looks like it could be a fantastic trailer. It sounds like it might be one of the most expensive shows ever created, I think, in in the UK. Anyway, I'm, I'm very excited for that. And then the other thing, too, is an update to Children of Blood and Bone sequel. That was originally going to come out in June. It has now been pushed back to December. Tomi Adiemi just said that she needed more time to work on the book and kind of get it just right, which I'm all for. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I thought the first book was a good, strong opening, and I, I don't want that series to tank. So I'm excited to, that she's taking it very seriously. So, Me too, because then it gives me time to actually read Children of Bone Blood and like, I have it on myself, but I want to read it. I just haven't cracked it open yet. So that gives me time. <laughs> well, I think that's everything. Uh, if anybody has, like, their own feedback they want to include, anything they want to say, uh, we would be happy to hear from you and maybe include your comments on the show. Go to bookmarkedshow.com slash... No, no slash. Just bookmarkedshow.com. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to bookmarkshow.com, scroll all the way to the bottom of the page. There's a link to a contact form, and you can reach us through that. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you for being here with us today, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.
did you guys ever see the Hobbit movies? Yeah, unfortunately. Not unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. 